Call from mom. Answer it. Call silenced. Instacart knows nothing gets between you and the game. That's why they make ordering from your couch easy. Stock up today and get all your groceries for the week delivered in as fast as 30 minutes without missing a minute of the game. You have 47 new voicemails. Download the app to get free delivery on your first three orders while supplies last. Minimum $10 per order. Additional terms apply. Okay, picture this. It's Friday afternoon when a thought hits you. I can waste another weekend doing the same old whatever, or I can conquer it. I can hop into my all-new Hyundai Santa Fe and hit the road. Any road. The steeper, the better. Because my all-new Santa Fe is available with H-Track all-wheel drive, so I can hit the trail without a worry in the world. Heck, with three rows and best-in-class rear cargo space, I can pack the whole family in with all our gear. We've got available dual wireless charging for our phones, so we'll never lose touch with civilization, and we won't lose touch with the primordial power of Mother Earth. So which is it? Waste the weekend or do something a little more epic and conquer it in the all-new Hyundai Santa Fe. Visit HyundaiUSA.com or call 562-314-4603 for more details. Hyundai, there's joy in every journey. Early Odds with Joe Ostrowski. Oregon's down by 12. They're on the 45-yard line with no timeouts. Oregon's got an All-American field goal kicker. Why didn't somebody tell me? Bet with an edge. He'd find out the kind of inside stuff nobody else knew, and that's what he put his money on. He even figured out the different bounce you got off the different kinds of wood they used on college basketball courts, you know? Early Odds with Joe Ostrowski. A friend of mine is very smart, said I've been very lucky with gambling. I've never won. All right, welcome into Early Odds. I very obviously am not Joe Ostrowski. I am Jake Hassan filling in today. This is Early Odds, as I said, every Saturday, 8 to 9 a.m. I got you for the next hour. And joining me right off the top to get right into it, Ryan Horvat. You know him. You love him. The host of BetQL's BetMGM Tonight, which is on daily from 6 to 10 p.m. Talk some CFB, some college football right around the corner, NFL as well. And then a little Cubs on the way out as he is a big Cubs fan. Ryan Horvy, welcome. Thanks for coming on, man. Hey, Jake, thanks so much for having me. You know, you said, obviously, I'm not Joe Ostrowski. I would argue that you're better than Joe Ostrowski. <laughs> well, you know, we'll let that slide this time just because I know there's no shot he's going to listen to this. So that's fine. That's okay. We can say whatever we want. Right. I know he doesn't listen because when I fill in for him on this show, I'll, like, take little shots at him. And you know Joe. Like, usually he'd come back at me. Right. And he never says anything, which just shows that he's he's not going back and listening to the podcast. But, you know, everybody else out there should have. Right. Everyone else should listen because we're going to give some good advice today. And that's why we have you here today. And that's why we're going to go and uh, talk about this, break this down. So let's just get into it. I mean, Horvy, tell me what you got. College football around the corner. Let's go with the biggest one. I mean, Heisman, that's what everyone wants to talk about. How are you going to try and beat Caleb Williams? Obviously, as people know, there's never been a back-to-back Heisman winner. He is the favorite right now. Are you just going to wait and see? Or is there someone you have off the top of your head that you're going to try and beat Caleb Williams with? Yeah, so I've actually, I've placed a couple bets here on the Heisman market. And, um, you know, so Marvin Harrison Jr. is 25 to 1 still, wide receiver out of Ohio State. We haven't had a wide receiver win this award since 2020 when Devontae Smith won it for Alabama. Um, You know, if Caleb Williams, if if USC goes undefeated, or if they win double-digit games, 
and he puts up numbers that he put up last year. I mean, he completed 66% of his passes, had 42 touchdown passes and just five picks, then most likely he's going to be the first back-to-back Heisman winner since Archie Griffin did it in, what, 74, 75. But I want to try to beat him with Marvin Harrison Jr. just because of the price, 25-1. to Last year had a breakout season, had 77 receptions, over 1,200 yards, 14 touchdowns, which was first in the Big Ten. C.J. Stroud's gone now, but Kyle McCord takes over as quarterback. And if you look at the numbers that Devontae Smith put up in 2020 when he won this award, 117 receptions, 1,800 yards, 23 touchdowns, I think, honestly, that Marvin Harrison Jr. could put up similar numbers, especially when you consider, like, JSN's gone, Jackson Smith, Najigba, he's in Seattle now. You know, they've lost a lot. They still have, I mean, plenty in that wide receiver room. But I took a shot with him at 25-1. to Uh, I like Braylon Allen a little bit, 80-1. to It's just I don't know when we're going to see a running back win this award again. And then as far as quarterbacks, I played Jalen Daniels from LSU, but he opened up at 18-1. to He's all the way down to 9-1. to I know everybody's going to talk about Georgia and Alabama and the SEC, but I actually really like LSU this season. They bring back 14 starters. Look what Brian Kelly did year one. And Jalen Daniels, I mean, he rushed for over 800 yards. He threw for over 25 touchdown passes. And he limited the turnovers. He only threw four picks last season. So I took a shot with him because I think if LSU runs the table, he's going to get some love as well. But I think my favorite bet would have to be Marvin Harrison at 25 to one. He's going to be a top five pick next year. Let me ask you a follow-up on the Heisman because, I mean, quarterback, it's such a quarterback-driven award usually. And somebody you didn't bring up, and a team that's getting some talk as maybe a potential sleeper. I don't know if you could call them a true sleeper just because the name of the But Clemson and Cade Klubnick. Any thoughts there on what they could potentially do, what Klubnick could potentially do now that he's the unquestioned starter? Yeah, I'm glad that you brought them up, actually, man, because I'm pretty high, you know, on Klubnick. But the only problem is for Clemson, I don't really love the wide receiver room. Like, they don't have their traditional wide receiver room. There's no T. Higgins. You know, there's no Sam Watkins. But the the good thing that they got going for them is I think that they're going to be able to scheme these guys down the field because they bring in Lincoln Riley's brother to call the plays. I think they upgrade with their offensive coordinator. Uh, I still really like the running back room for Clemson. They have Will Shipley. I actually took a shot with them to win the national title. Everybody's talking about Florida State in the ACC, but Clemson still has the best defensive line. I think they're going to have a top five, top 10 defense in the country. And Klubnik, I definitely think he's an upgrade over DJ, which is funny because I actually like DJU going to Oregon State. I think he just needed to change his scenery. But I think Klubnik's exactly what Clemson's needed the last couple of years. I think they're going to be able to push the ball down the field a little bit more. He didn't look great in the spring game. You know, he looked up and down when he got limited action last year. I didn't play him to win the Heisman, but if Clemson does run the table in the ACC, I do think he probably gets some love. My concern is I think they're going to have a really good rushing attack with Shipley coming back this year. So I'd rather play Clemson to win the ACC or the national title than Klubnik to win Heisman this year. So Clemson's one-year playoff teams, as you just said, but how else are you approaching the playoff? Obviously, Georgia, huge favorite to even make the playoff. They're about minus 200, minus 220. But next after them, Ohio State, Michigan, Alabama, USC, Clemson, LSU, Texas, the next four in the odds. Some love for Penn State publicly. Anything that you're doing there for the playoff? Any dark horses that you see? So let's start with Michigan really quick, just because they bring back 15 starters from a team last year that got upset by TCU in the college football playoff. And again, let's be honest that they should have won. And if you look at their schedule this year, man, it's nothing but cupcakes. Uh, They get Ohio State at home this season in the big house after beating them back-to-back seasons. Their toughest game, they do go to Happy Valley to uh, to play Penn State. But J.J. McCarthy's back at quarterback. He's getting a bunch of love. They have a loaded backfield. Blake Corum and Donovan Edwards are both back. And then on the defensive side of the ball, 
they bring back, I believe, seven starters from a defense that last year gave up only 292 yards per game and 16 points per game. Because of that schedule, I think they start off 9-0. and But I actually stayed away from Michigan and took a shot with Penn State just because of the price. Like you said, 16-1. to Sean Clifford's gone. I think they actually upgraded the quarterback position with Drew Aller. They bring back 16 starters, eight are back on offense. And everybody talks about Michigan's backfield like I just did. But I think Penn State's rushing attack is just as good. Last year, they went from rushing for uh, 108 yards per game to 181. They bring back their stud left tackle. And Nick Singleton's back and Katron Allen. I think they could rush for like 220 yards per game. Their offensive line did lose their starting center and right tackle. But they bring back the other three starters. Their defense is loaded. And they also get uh, Chop Robinson in the transfer portal from Maryland. He had five and a half sacks last season. The only reason I don't love Penn State more, I'm not a big James Franklin guy. But eight starters back on offense, eight on defense. They get Michigan at home. Uh, They catch the Ohio State Buckeyes during a little bit of a rebuild year. I get the hype. So I took a shot at 16-1 to with Penn State. I like Penn State and Michigan the best in the Big Ten this year. And then you brought up Texas. I usually uh, stay away from the hype for Texas, but this year I'm buying in, man. Now, Quinn Ewers was really inconsistent at times last year, but he was also really good in big games. He should have beat Alabama. They should have beat Alabama, but he got injured in the first half. He threw four touchdowns against Oklahoma, but then he really struggled against TCU and Oklahoma State. I think he has to have a perfect season because now he has Archie uh, or Arch Manning on campus. Uh, you know, And Malik Murphy's the backup there. I think both of those guys are four-star, five-star quarterbacks. So if he struggles, they'll replace him immediately. They lose Bijan Robinson, but they're still loaded in the backfield. They have one of the best receivers in the country. They have a really good defense. I like Texas over nine and a half wins, and I wouldn't be shocked if they got into the college football playoff this year. I really like Steve, uh, Steve Car- Sarkeesian a lot as well. Any interest in the quarterbacks for both those teams that you just mentioned, Drew Aller or Quinn Ewers for Heisman? 12, and, 12 to 1 for Ewers, about 25 still out there, I think, on Aller. So the thing with Ewers, man, I mean – you know, he's a guy that's a projected, was a projected first-round pick. You know, he was a five-star recruit. And you look at him, and like I said, man, last year against Bama, he was excellent. He threw four touchdowns against Oklahoma. But then after that, he went four straight games where he didn't complete 60% of his passes. I bet them last season against Oklahoma State. I'll never forget the game. He went 19 of 49. And then against TCU, he went 17 for 39. You know, but if you look at the overall numbers, 15 touchdowns, six picks on the season – I would probably, you know, out of the two, I would go with him because I just think that Penn State's going to rush, like I said, for like 220 yards per game. I really like Allen and Singleton a lot. With Texas, I think they're going to throw the ball a lot this season. Uh, They have Xavier Worthy back for his junior season. He actually broke their receiving yards record last year for a freshman, scored nine touchdowns. They also bring back Jordan Whittington, and then they bring back their tight end, uh, Jatavian Sanders last year he caught 54 balls which was the single season record at Texas for a tight end and they have all five starting offensive linemen back so I'd probably go with yours all right let's talk about the actual games week zero right around the corner anything that you have already bet or that you're already looking at obviously the Notre Dame and Navy game is the most prominent one are we running it back Harvey we're we gonna run back the take the points against Marcus Freeman when it's a big number oh absolutely and I'm <laughs> you know I'm the, I'm the biggest Notre Dame fan but you know, anything over 21 and we're getting the key number. If this, if this number is 20 and a half, maybe I look at Notre Dame. I just don't see Notre Dame running up the score on a service Academy team. And also this season, I don't know if they're good enough to win this game by four touchdowns. I really like Sam Hartman and this is going to be the best offensive line he's ever played behind, obviously. But 
you know, I worry a little bit, man. Tommy Reese bolts last minute to go to Alabama, so you have a new play caller. I just I have some concerns, but uh, I do really like them week zero. I played that one. Another one that I really like, um, the number's still available as well. UTEP is a one-point favorite uh, against Jacksonville State. I also played UTEP over five wins. They won five games last season. I think they go over this number. They have the best offensive and defensive line in that conference. I think there's a reason why this number, uh, we got some reverse line movement here. They're now one-point favorites on the road. That's Saturday at 5.30 p.m., 4.30 p.m., I guess, uh, Chicago time. I really like UTEP on the road, uh, week zero as well. I want to ask you what you think about this this weird situation that's like brewing with this Utah-Florida game. Cam Rising is like very questionable. Utah might be down to their third or even fourth quarterback. And then somebody you're very uh, familiar with, Graham Mertz for Florida. Uh, anything that you have here, what do you think is going to happen with this even? So this is a tough one, right? What I did here is I played the over. And the over has been hit. Or I'm sorry, I played the under. And the under has been hit here. And the reason I played the under is I'm not a fan of Graham Mertz. Like, if you go back to his time at Wisconsin, he was a four-star recruit. Everybody was excited for him. Uh, He was lights out against Illinois in his first start ever. Then he caught COVID, injured his shoulder, and was a mess the rest of his career at Wisconsin. Now he's starting at Florida. I think that's an obvious downgrade from Anthony Richardson, who's already starting for the Indianapolis Colts. But with Utah, like, Utah was really high on last season. I played them to win the Pac-12. Wasn't looking good all season long. They ended up somehow getting it done, beating USC in the Pac-12 championship game. But they lose a lot, man. I mean, they lose Dalton Kincaid, who, you know, is already a starter in the NFL, really good tight end. Uh, They lose Tavion Thomas, who was their leading rusher the last couple seasons. But the biggest loss would be Cam Rising. And he tore his ACL in the bowl game, you know. And and that's my main concern. Even if he is back for week one, He's probably going to be what 60, 70 percent. And I know Florida's no good this season. They're not they're not projected to be any good. Uh, their win total is what five and a half this season. But all I did was the under. I would still lean Utah even with a backup quarterback because I'm just not a believer in Graham Mertz. But uh, I think the play here is the under still at the current number. I'd play the under here. I think this is going to be a lower scoring game. Any other games that you've already better that you want to point out? Yeah, you know, there's a couple that I really, really like. Um, You know, looking right now, so I did bet Navy. I bet UTEP. I bet the under in Florida, Utah, like I said, under 47 and a half. Another one that I bet, I bet Minnesota seven-point favorites at home against Nebraska week one. Um, I do think Nebraska, I believe that finally they're heading in the right direction, although I also really like the Scott Frost hire. But Matt Rule, great college coach, really good uh, play caller at the collegiate level. I know his time in the NFL was a mess. But I think it's going to take him some time. I think that's going to be a full rebuild. And Minnesota at home, they're tough, man. I like them as seven-point favorites against Nebraska. I also like Miami, 17-and-a-half-point favorites uh, against Miami, Ohio. I think this is going to be a bounce-back season for Miami and the ACC. They have Tyler Van Dyke, who last season we were projecting to be a first-round pick. Then he got hurt, played behind a really shaky offensive line. Everybody quit on Mario Cristobal year one, but I think they bounce back this season. I think they win eight, nine games, and I definitely think they cover the number week one. And then another team that I like this season in bet week one, Louisville, eight-point favorites against Georgia Tech. Georgia Tech's a dumpster fire. Uh, Louisville obviously upgrades uh, at, at head coach with Jeff Brom, who leaves Purdue. You saw what he did at Purdue the last couple of years. I mean, he took Purdue to a Big Ten title game. I think he's going to do just fine at Louisville. And then the last one I bet, uh, TCU. 20 and a half point favorites at home against Colorado. 
This is more of just a fade on Colorado. They're getting way too much love. I think it's going to take Dion some time to rebuild that program. There's just a bunch of transfers that come through with the portal. I mean, they're 5-21 and 21 in their last 26 games, so I don't see them covering the number against TCU, even though it's going to be a little bit of a rebuild season for TCU. I like them to win this game by 22 points, so TCU 20.5-point favorites week one. All right, going to pivot to NFL really quick. You famously a big Aaron Rodgers guy, Horvat. So I believe, if I'm not mistaken, you bought some Jets Super Bowl tickets before the trade even happened. So you're buying the hype. I assume you're all over the win total as well. So I was buying the hype at 25 to 1, but at the current price and with the current form of that offensive line, I'm no longer buying the hype. I just knew that the number was. You're out already? I'm not out. It's just, you know, if I'm not getting 25 to one with a shaky offensive line, like what are they doing? Right. I was hoping that they would go after an offensive lineman off the street. Instead, they're paying Delvin cook, $8 million, $6 million. So, I mean, that, that move right there makes no sense. I know Brees Hall's coming off a torn ACL. I really like him on the defensive side of the ball. I think that's a top five defense. I know sauce Gardner's only going into his second season, but I believe he's already the best defensive back in the league. I'm a believer in the Jets. I do think they go over the win total. The problem is, man, that division. Like, I was kind of out on Buffalo, but now everybody's going to be ready for week one. My concern was the defensive side of the ball. Once Von Miller got hurt and they lost his eight and a half sacks the second half of the season, they just couldn't get any pressure on the quarterback. You also have Micah Hyde coming back, one of the better safeties in the league, but he's coming off a neck injury. Jordan Poyer was beat up all of last year. Trey White was hurt until week 12. And then on the offensive side of the ball, I love Josh Allen, but I don't really like Ken Dorsey. They really miss Brian Dayball. Like, early downs, they're a mess, Buffalo. Everything last season was Josh Allen on third and five, third and six, known passing downs, just being a Superman, superhero. I don't know that they're going to convert on 65% of their third downs again. I just don't know that that's sustainable. But still, they have all the talent in the world. I like the Chargers in the AFC. So that's my only problem for the Jets is Rodgers is another year older. It's a shaky offensive line, and the AFC is just absolutely loaded. Like, I didn't even bring up Mahomes and the Chiefs. Would it shock you if they were back-to-back defending Super Bowl champs? Yeah, you know that team out there that is uh, really, really good. Horvey, we are in Chicago. You're from Illinois, so I have to ask, or I'm pretty sure I lose my job. I'm never welcome back in the building. What are you thinking for week one, Bears-Packers? Bears hyped all offseason. A lot of love for Justin Fields. A lot of love for this second year of the new regime in Chicago. Obviously, the Packers in a year of transition as well with Jordan Love in his first year as the unquestioned starter. What do you think about week one, and what do you think about the Bears and Packers respectively for the season? So surprisingly, I'm kind of high on both teams. Like, I won't be shocked if they finish first and second in the division. The problem for the Bears, I just think that they're a year away. But what I like to see, you know, and I love the rivalry. I love the social media media rivalry going on right now, like the Jordan Love haters and the Justin Fields haters. I kind of like both of them. And what I wanted to see was exactly what we saw from Fields because the Bears, after the catch last season, they didn't have any, any playmakers, right? And to see DJ Moore take that to the house that's exactly what I wanted to see yards after the catch because what did they have like 1100 after the catch last season as a team so I'm excited for the Bears um you know I'm a believer in Justin Fields but I do need to see obviously a bigger sample size I want to see him in the pocket I want to see him pushing the ball down the field a little bit more my only concerns are at Ohio State he really was a one read quarterback but now you have Mooney as a number two we'll see what ends up happening with Claypool as a three I really like Cole Komet I wouldn't have given him all that money, but I do like them. You fix up the offensive line. I just still worry about the defensive side of the ball. A lot of money paid to linebackers. That secondary is still really young. 
But I think the Bears go over their win total, and I think the Packers go over their win total. I mean, that defense last season was projected to be top 10. There's eight first-round picks. They just had a bunch of injuries. They didn't live up to the hype. Jordan Love doesn't have to be Aaron Rodgers from 2005-2006. He just has to be better than Aaron Rodgers last year when he was quarterback number 22 in the league. And I think Jordan Love could do that. I hate the term game manager, but if he could just not turn the ball over, hand the ball off to Aaron Jones and A.J. Dillon, they could win eight, nine games. I'm a little bit higher on the Bears just because I like Justin Fields more than Jordan Love, but I think both teams go over their win total. I don't know what happens week one. Right now I would lean Chicago at home. If it gets to three, are you taking the points with the Packers? If it gets to three, I take the points with the Packers. I mean, that, that's the way that it goes. Um, you know, I, I think the Bears win that game, but if I could get, yeah, the key number, I'm going to have to take Green Bay. All right, on the way out, I want to ask you about your Cubs. They're in the division race. They're two back right now of Milwaukee. They're tied with Cincinnati for that wild card spot. And they're 50 to 1 World Series, 17 to 1 for the pennant, plus 120 for the division, minus 130 to make the playoffs. What are you thinking with the Cubs? What happens here? I got wild a couple months ago. I was actually hosting this show. They were 150 to 1 to win the World Series, right? And what I was looking at was just the upcoming schedule. And here's really where they have to make up ground, though. They begin, I mean, yesterday, they begin a series with the Royals, right? After the Royals, you get the Tigers. After the Tigers, you get Pittsburgh. After Pittsburgh, huge series with Milwaukee. After that, big series with the Reds. You know, then it's San Francisco and Arizona gets a little bit tougher. But here's really where you have to make up your ground, right? Because the Brewers just wrapped up a series with the Dodgers on the road. Now they're on the road again against the Rangers. After that, they get the Twins. After that, they get the Padres, who have been a disaster, but somehow they're still alive for a wild card spot. So here's really where the Cubs have to make up some ground. So by next week, at this time, they better have a one and a half, two game lead in this division. I feel better about them than the Brewers. I like the lineup more. You know, the Cubs are taking walks. Uh, they're hitting with runners in scoring position. They're scoring runs. I'm a little bit worried about the Stroman injury, but the bullpen's been fine. We know what we're going to get from Justin Steele. And with Milwaukee, I like Corbin Burns, even though he's not having you know his typical season. I like Brandon Woodruff, but Freddie Peralta's been up and down this season, and I just don't love the lineup. I think Cincinnati's a year away, so the Cubs have no business not winning this division this season, in my opinion. All right, and last thing, give us one bet that's in the account already this weekend that you're going to be following. You know what? I like uh, Sterling by knockout over Sean O'Malley in the UFC. I really like that. I think, you know, Sean O'Malley, they're trying to build him in to be the next guy. I know Dana White really wants him to be that next guy. I just, I think Sterling knocks him out and wins this fight. Other than that, though, uh, I like the Packers on the money line at home against the New England Patriots. I like the New York Jets at home against the Tampa Bay Buccaneers, who I think are just going to be an absolute dumpster fire this season with Baker Mayfield as their starting quarterback. Uh, I bet the Pittsburgh Steelers, one-and-a-half-point dogs at home against Buffalo. The only thing that concerns me there, it looks like Josh Allen may play the entire first quarter. And then my favorite bet, Monday night, the streak comes to an end. Washington, the Commanders at home are going to beat the Baltimore Ravens. Wow. Commanders on the money line. The Ravens have won, what, 21 straight preseason games? Yeah. All good things must come to an end. Commanders get it done at home. I grabbed them as three-point dogs. It's down to one right now. I think they win, so I just took the money line as well. All right, that's what we call CLV. Ryan Horvat, everybody, BetQL, BetMGM tonight, a college football, everything really, all football, all sports, a absolute expert. Horvy, appreciate you, man. Thank you. Thanks so much for having me. 
And coming up next, we are going to take a dive into this bear season. Going to talk about the win total. Going to talk about coach of the year odds for Matt Eberflus. Going to talk some Justin Fields, of course. Talk his passing props, his passing overs. Talk about DJ Moore's receiving props. Going to get into all of it next. So stick around. Early odds. We'll be right back. Worried about letting someone else pick out the perfect avocado for your perfect impress them on the third date guacamole? Well, good thing Instacart shoppers are as picky as you are. They find ripe avocados like it's their guac on the line. They are milk expiration date detectives. They bag eggs like the 12 precious pieces of cargo they are. So let Instacart shoppers overthink your groceries so that you can overthink what you'll wear on that third date. Download the Instacart app to get free delivery on your first three orders while supplies last. Minimum $10 per order. Additional terms apply. Okay, picture this. It's Friday afternoon when a thought hits you. I can waste another weekend doing the same old whatever, or I can conquer it. I can hop into my all-new Hyundai Santa Fe and hit the road. Any road. The steeper, the better because my all-new Santa Fe is available with H-Track all-wheel drive so I can hit the trail without a worry in the world. Heck, with three rows and best-in-class rear cargo space, I can pack the whole family in with all our gear. We've got available dual wireless charging for our phones so we'll never lose touch with civilization and we won't lose touch with the primordial power of Mother Earth. So which is it? Waste the weekend or do something a little more epic? And conquer it in the all-new Hyundai Santa Fe. Visit HyundaiUSA.com or call 562-314-4603 for more details. Hyundai, there's joy in every journey. I'm Sandra, and I'm just the professional your small business was looking for. But you didn't hire me, because you didn't use LinkedIn Jobs. LinkedIn has professionals you can't find anywhere else, including those who aren't actively looking for a new job, but might be open to the perfect role, like me. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't visit other leading job sites. So if you're not looking on LinkedIn, you'll miss out on great candidates like Sandra. Start hiring professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com slash recommend today. Welcome back to Early Odds on 670 The Score, 8 to 9 a.m. every single Saturday. Once again, I am Jake Hassan filling in for Joe Ostrowski on this fine morning. And to start this segment, I want to talk about the Bears. I want to dive into it. Obviously, the season is right around the corner. We're in the thick of preseason right now. And let's start with the preseason game that's about to start against the Colts later today. Bears currently four and a half point underdogs against the Colts. That's because Justin Fields is not going to be playing in this game. Coach Matt Eberflus announced that earlier in the week. Anthony Richardson will be playing after he was announced as the starter as QB one in Indianapolis. I personally, I think I'm going to be taking the points with the bears. I think they're gonna be able to cover this late in the game. Obviously PJ Walker will be the first one to get action as Justin Fields is starting, but I don't think we're going to see a ton of Nathan Peterman because Tyson Badgett has been actually looking pretty good, especially in practices. If you believe all the reports that came out of the joint practices with the Colts over the week, he looked decent in the game against the Titans as well. So I think that Baggin here at the end of the game could have an opportunity to cover the four and a the half for the bears late in the game. Once the Colts also have all of their backups in and 
down on that Colts quarterback depth chart is Sam Ellinger of Texas fame. Texas, who we talked about in the first segment with Ryan Horvat. If you missed that, go back and listen to that. Horvat gave a ton of awesome college football breakdowns as well as some NFL and MLB as well. But what I was talking about with Sam Ellinger, he's just not that good. <laughs> he just isn't. And we know that we've seen it. We've seen the game action. There's a reason that the Colts didn't turn the keys over to him after this off season and why they drafted Anthony Richardson and they brought in Gardner Minshew. It's because Sam Ellinger just isn't very good. And Tyson Baggett might actually be adequate and acceptable. So I think with an opportunity to come cover the four and a half at the end of the game, Ellinger versus Baggett, I do like that a little bit better. So I'm going to be taking the four and a half with the bears in this game and hope that they can cover the number late. As far as season long stuff goes for the bears, this could go really any other way. The bears got a lot of hype all off season. Turn on any sports channel on your television, any sports channel uh, that you take in, that you listen to anything, go on Twitter, go on social media. And you just see a lot of bears love in sports media and around football. And you just see all this love for the bears and all this hype for Justin Fields. And it's just, we're not sure if it's warranted. Obviously we want to believe it. And we want to believe that the bears are going to take this jump, that they fix the offensive line, that the defensive investments are going to pay off. And that another year of Justin Fields in this system that Luke Getzey has built will pay off, but we're just not sure. And it's a lot of unknowns and we're not really going to see it until the games actually start bears. win total right now is sitting at seven and a half. There's juice to the over. A lot of that is because of the hype that's surrounding the bears right now and surrounding Justin Fields. And I'm going to be honest. I think this number is about right. I could see them getting eight, maybe nine if things break the right way. But I think seven or eight is very realistic for this bears team. I don't think they're going to take off and hit the ground running right away, especially because we've already seen this off season. There's been some speed bumps. A lot of guys have been playing Nate Davis, the right guard that they signed from Tennessee to shore up that offensive line. Hasn't practiced a lot. He's had an undisclosed injury for a lot of camp and a lot of the preseason. And you have guys learning new positions. Cody Whitehair is moving back to center. Tevin Jenkins is moving to left guard. You have a rookie right tackle and Darnell, right? So that could take some getting used to that could be some coalescing and take some time to gel as well. And then you also just have to figure out what else is going to happen here. Chase Claypool has also been in and out of the lineup during preseason and during camp with various things, a hamstring injury and, uh, and other ailments that have kept him out. He's going to be your wide receiver three, so it's not as big of a deal, but still you want everybody to be healthy, and that's still a little bit of a speed bump. But, of course, all of the hype of DJ Moore and Darnell Mooney coming back healthy. So seven and a half feels about right to me. I think they'll be around this number. I am not going to you know, tell you to go slam the over or slam the under. It's just whatever you think and whatever you feel is, I think it's about right. So I get why there's juice to the over, but I would hear a case for the under as well. As far as the playoffs go, though, Bears plus 172 to make the playoffs, plus 430 to win the division, which is dead last behind everyone else, behind the Lions, behind the Packers, behind the Vikings for the division odds. And I get it. It makes sense. They were the worst team, legitimately the worst team in football last season. That's why they ended up with the number one overall pick, and w- which they obviously ended up trading out of and getting DJ Moore and accruing more assets for the draft. But that's why they were the worst team in football. And yeah, 
Jordan Love, we don't know what he is, but at least he has some game reps. He's been in the NFL. He learned behind Aaron Rodgers, whatever you think that might be. But it's an unknown. And part of that unknown is it might be really, really awesome. And the Lions, obviously, there's a lot of hype around them because they kind of came out of nowhere and had a successful season. Obviously, it ended up in the playoffs, and they didn't go on to win the Super Bowl, but they had a successful season, and they hope to build off that. And the Vikings, of course, won a ton of games last year. Justin Jefferson exploded onto the scene as a possible offensive player of the year candidate year in and year out. No matter what you think about Kirk Cousins, the Vikings have a lot of weapons around him that can make him successful. So this division, anyone will tell you, is really up for grabs, but I I get why the Bears are priced at the longest odds to win the division. But there definitely is a path to the playoffs for the Bears. It's why it's not an outrageous number. It's plus 172. You know, we hear all this hype about the Bears, like I talked about all offseason. And part of that is, well, they could be a playoff team. And if things break right. So if you think that the Bears are going to go over the win total, you might as well take a shot to make the playoffs or even win the division, too, because if they're going to go over the number, they're probably going to be in that 9, 10, 11 win range. And that's prime real estate to be in a playoff spot. So that's a look there that makes sense. What's the path to the Bears winning the division? Well, it's that Jordan Love. And I said it's an unknown. It's that he's not good. Like, that's what the path is there. It's that the Packers, despite their defense that Ryan Horvath was telling you about, that is a really good defense and has, I think he said, eight first-round picks on it. You know, as good as it might be, it's that the offense hinders them and that Jordan Love just is not very good. Matt LaFleur can't really work with anything, can't make anything happen with Jordan Love, and they just kind of stink and and have a bad year, and they reassess over the offseason, and they come back after that. So that's what you need to happen. You also need the Vikings to regress significantly, and they have some holes on the defense. Their metrics and their statistics defensively aren't great and point to some regression, but you need Kirk Cousins to, you know, as much as we want to point and laugh at Kirk Cousins that he can't get it done in the big spot, he's a good regular season quarterback, and he he crews a lot of stats. He racks up regular season stats, and a lot of that is because of guys like Justin Jefferson. But now going to have a full season of TJ Hawkinson as well. They had Jordan Addison as well. They draft him to come in and bolster that receiver room too. But if the defense hamstrings him a lot and Kirk Cousins looks like the guy all season that he does in primetime, then the Vikings fall a little bit more back to earth. And then the Lions, of course. Can they keep it up? It's really hard to say. They added a lot in the draft. They drafted Jameer Gibbs. They have another year of Amon Ross St. Brown, who had a really big year last year. Dan Campbell, whatever he's selling, this team is buying for sure. That's why they're the favorites for the division. They are an offensive powerhouse defensively. They did some work to try and shore that up. But it's the Lions, and they're not invincible. They're not some titan that you definitely can't beat. They're beatable. You could beat them. So the path is... uh, and. Of course, that's how winning and losing goes. You play better than the team that you're facing. But the path is there for the Bears. Every single team in the NFC North has flaws, has warts. It's just a matter of how much and how much those things hamstring you, if at all. So if the Bears can get to the season healthy and Justin Fields continues to progress and he passes, you know, takes a huge leap as a passer and still brings that threat with his legs, then there's definitely a path here for the Bears. And so if you think they're going to go over the win total, if you think they're going to make the playoffs, you might as well take a shot with the division price there because they are the longest odds in the division to win the division and then obviously go on to the playoffs.
All right, I want to get a little bit more micro, though, too. I want to get into some actual player props. And Justin Fields, if he progresses a passer, that's how the Bears get better. Fields' passing yards prop for the season is set at 2,775 and a half. They're about the same each way, whether you like the over or the under. For context, Fields in his first year, 12 games, 1,870 passing yards. Year two, last year, 15 games, 2,242 in his second year. So the obvious argument for the over here is you add DJ Moore and we hear all of this hype about the connection between Justin Fields and DJ Moore and how awesome they look. And obviously in that first preseason game, you know, one pass to DJ Moore, he takes it to the house 60 yards for a touchdown. So that helps too. a full season of Claypool, a healthy Darnell Mooney, who we already know from history that Justin Fields, and Darnell Mooney have a good connection, a second year in the same system for Justin Fields, which he hasn't had in about three or four years back to his college days, a theoretical improved offensive line too with Nate Davis you assume him to be healthy with Darnell right on the right side now Tevin Jenkins at left guard and Braxton Jones and Cody Whitehair at left tackle and center respectively so that's the argument there the under argument though is that Justin Fields doesn't take as big of a leap as we think. We like to say all these things that, yeah, he's obviously going to get better. Look at all these additions that they made. He's saying he wants to pass for 3,000 yards this year. Well, that's all fine and good, but we got to see it. And if you believe in the flashes that Justin Fields saw, or excuse me, that Justin Fields showed last year with some of those long throws for touchdowns that we saw here and there, then more power to you. I give you all the power in the world, all the credit in the world. Good for you. I just, this is a big jump. This is 500 yards jump for Justin Fields and passing. And again, this is more your opinion. If you think that the bears are going to be good and you think the bears are going to make a push for a playoff that all hinges on Justin Fields. So if you like the bears playoff odds and you like their division odds and you like their win total, then you might as well take a shot here with the Justin Fields passing yard total too, because if the bears are going to accomplish all those things, Fields is going to have to be a good passer and he's going to have to take that step as a passer. So that's the avenue there for that over. Or if that's the under and you believe that his running is going to get him in trouble and it's going to get him hurt or that things just don't come together. That's the argument for the under hand in hand with Justin Fields passing yard prop is DJ Moore's receiving total. This one is a little more confusing to me. It's at 825 and a half. DJ Moore has gone over this number in each of the last four seasons when he was with Carolina. Here's a list of the quarterbacks that DJ Moore played with over that time. Sam Darnold, Baker Mayfield, Taylor Heineke, PJ Walker, who obviously is now the backup for Justin Fields and the bears, Kyle Allen, Will Greer, Teddy Bridgewater, and a washed up Cam Newton. It's not exactly a star studded cast of characters there for DJ Moore while he was with Carolina. 825 and a half just seems really low. He's been over a thousand in each of the last three. I like this over for sure. I think that even if Fields doesn't take a huge leap as a passer, I think that he has enough there. And I think he's going to be targeting DJ Moore a lot for this. So, I like Moore's over there as well. I want to talk real quick, too, about Matt Eberflus, fourth favorite for coach of the year, 16 to one. Listen, this isn't for me. 
I'm just going to say it. Over the last 30 years, there have been two coaches who have won Coach of the Year without winning double-digit games. Bruce Arians in 2012, he went 9-3 and after taking over for Chuck Pagano, who left because of his health, obviously, famously. And Brian Dable last year went 9-7-1. and But that was a five-win improvement for his team. They went to the playoffs. Uh, Daniel Jones made this huge jump as a quarterback. So that's why – and you got to see it. You got to see what Brian Dable did. He had these – off the game against Tennessee in his first game where he goes for two to win the game. And he was a mastermind at times. So that makes sense for Dable. But again, twice over the last 30 years, the bears would have to make a six win jump just to get to nine, seven win jump to get to double digits, which is usually what you need to see for someone to even be considered for this award. So if you're again, it goes back to the win total. If you think they're around this number, this probably isn't for you because you have to win at least 10 games historically, generally speaking, to win coach of the year. I just don't think that's in the cards for Matt Eberflus and the Bears, especially not at this number. It just doesn't make a ton of sense to me. So, Bears. Coming up to later today against the Colts, like I said, I'm on the four and a half with the Bears. I'm taking the points. I think that they'll have an opportunity to cover late against Sam Ellinger and the Colts backups elsewhere. We listed off all those player props and all those futures, so take a listen to that if you missed it. We'll be right back. This is Early Odds coming back. We're going to talk some baseball. We're going to do the Cubs and this division race, this playoff push that they're making. We're going to break it all down, so stick with us. Early Odds will be right back. Jake Hassan and for Joe Ostrowski. This episode is brought to you by Progressive Insurance. Whether you love true crime or comedy, celebrity interviews or news, you call the shots on what's in your podcast queue. And guess what? Now you can call them on your auto insurance too with the Name Your Price tool from Progressive. It works just the way it sounds. You tell Progressive how much you want to pay for car insurance and they'll show you coverage options that fit your budget. Get your quote today at Progressive.com to join the over 28 million drivers who trust Progressive. Progressive Casualty Insurance Company and Affiliates. Price and coverage match limited by state law. Hey everyone, Boomer Esiason here. The NFL Draft is behind us and your favorite team is now gearing up for week number one. The free Odyssey app puts you right in the middle of the pro football conversation with the biggest sports radio stations from across the country. The local voices who know your team the best, giving you their unfiltered takes on the current state of your squad. It's always football season right here on the free Odyssey app. All right, we're back closing out early odds here. Jake Hassan with you for one more segment, filling in for the wonderful Joe Ostrowski, who is enjoying his vacation right now. But I teased it on the way out of our last segment. And if you missed any part of the show, the last couple segments had Ryan Horvat on to talk college football, to talk NFL, to talk a little bit of baseball as well. And the first segment and the previous segment broke down the bears, broke down their playoff odds, their division odds, talked about their win total and some player props as well. But to close it out today, as we are on the way out, I want to get into the Cubs. And we talked about this a little bit with Ryan Horvat too. The Cubs in the middle of a division race. They're around. They're in the hunt right now. They're two games back. They're in the wild card race right now. They're holding on to that last spot with Cincinnati right now. They're chasing Milwaukee for the division. And listen, they're right in the middle of this thing. They had the great walk-off win, Christopher Morrell against the White Sox to not secure, but get into that wild card spot and hold it for the time being. And 
there this is it. We're in the last month. We're in the stretch run here about for the playoffs. And this Cubs team has completely surpassed expectations before the season. We were talking about 77 wins, somewhere thereabouts, you know, maybe a 500 team if you get lucky. And then here you go. Justin Steele comes out of nowhere, not really nowhere. He had a really good end to the 2022 campaign, but steps it up, takes a leap, and is in the Cy Young race currently. He's 11-1. to We'll get into that in a second. Cody Bellinger has a complete turnaround of his career after he gets released by the Dodgers. They don't want him anymore, has to meander in the free agent market, has to settle for a one-year deal with the Cubs, and just completely bounces back. Looks like the guy that was an MVP in L.A., and now they're in the middle of this playoff race. They're 50 to 1 for the World Series right now, 17 to 1 for the pennant, plus 120 for the division, and now a minus price to make the playoffs because they are, like I said, currently holding that wild card spot. I mean, the Cubs are in the thick of things here. They have to hold off Cincinnati. Maybe they chase down Milwaukee for the division. And Ryan Horvat talked about in the first segment, there's a series coming up with Milwaukee after you get, you know, not cupcake series, but easier series, let's call it, against the Tigers and the Royals and the Pirates and kind of these bottom feeder teams. And then you get back-to-back series with Milwaukee and Cincinnati. And it probably comes down to those series when you think about it because that's going to be right at the end of the season and then you end the season with Milwaukee too. But the Cubs really have a chance here to win the division. I think that they are going to make it. I think I would jump on this price right now, plus 120 to win the division. I think that is a really good spot for them because I don't believe in Milwaukee at all. I just, their rotation is fine, but Corbin Burns has been very up and down this year. Brandon Woodruff has made single digit starts. He just got off the IL not too long ago. Freddie Peralta, you really, he's fine as a number three, but you're not counting on him to win you a division. I think the Cubs have the vibes right right now, evidenced by that Morrell walk off the other night. I mean, did you see Wrigley Field? The place exploded basically. And then they have Justin Steele, who I mentioned is in the Cy Young race. And then after that, Marcus Stroman's gone, but you have guys that can fill in and at least do an adequate job so that your guy, your big guys, Ian Happ, your Nico Horners, your Cody Bellingers step up in the big moments and they deliver for you and they get you those wins like they did in the walk-off the other night. And I just don't believe in the Brewers. I think the Reds are still too young. I think their rookies are going to kind of peter out because they haven't been there before. So I like the Cubs here. I like the spot they're in for the division. They have the opportunity coming up against Milwaukee too. I want to focus on Justin Steele for just a second here. He's 11 to 1 in the NL Cy Young race, just about. Zach Gallen and Blake Snell of the Diamondbacks and the Padres are the favorites. Logan Webb is there too, kind of in the mix. There was an MOB.com poll, though, that came out, and Zach Gallen got 14 first place votes. He led the voting, and he came in at number one, the leader for this Cy Young poll. Blake Snell came in second despite having the most first place votes, which lends you to believe that he was left off some other ballots. So, And I, I don't think he's going to win. I don't think he has the innings. Only goes five or six. He just doesn't have that impressive of a track record because he can't go deep into games. That's the blueprint. And Logan Webb was third. Justin Steele wasn't in the top five, but I think that his time is coming. I think that's right. I don't think this is his year. I think the time missed due to injury 
is something that's going to dock points from him. And we're already over his career high for inning pitch as well. And that total is going to continue to climb. We don't know how he's going to handle that going forward. So Justin Steele, I would stay away from the 11 to one, the 10 to one, whatever you find out there. I just don't think that he's going to be able to bridge the gap here, especially when guys like Zach Gallon and Logan Webb are going seven eight innings just about every night and shutting down other teams. I think next year is going to be a good spot to look at Justin Steele potentially for NL Cy Young, but a huge positive that he's even in the mix for the Cubs. You love to see that in just his second year. That's great for Justin Steele and the Cubs. I want to talk about the bigger playoff picture too. We talked about the NL central and obviously the Cubs in this division race, but it seems like we're on a crash course for Dodgers and Braves. And I don't think we're giving the the Dodgers enough recognition for what they've been able to do so far this season. They're an awesome team. Once again, they just, we had lower expectations for them this season because they lost Trey Turner and Cody Bellinger was gone. And despite he wasn't hitting, he was still a gold glove center fielder and they were welcoming a lot of rookies into the mix. And here they are again. They just do it once more where they just churn out excellence and they're at the top of the NL West and they have a huge gap between them and the second place San Francisco Giants in that division. And it's just really incredible what they're able to do year after year. And of course, the Braves are the best team in baseball. There is a reason why they are the favorites for the NL pennant for the World Series because they've just done it wire to wire so far this year. But credit to the Dodgers for kind of entering this conversation again. Now the Dodgers are second favorites for the World Series and second favorites for the pennant behind the Braves because they have continued to play so well. Freddie Freeman is not bridging the gap, but he's making it a conversation in the NL MVP market. And it just seems like we're destined for an NLCS of this Dodgers and Braves team because they are both just so excellent and but that's what you do. You look at those teams and you say, okay, yeah, they have three excellent starters each. They each have an NL MVP candidate, and that's what the pinnacle of success looks like. And that's what the Cubs are trying to build up to. I want to pivot to, to NL Rookie of the Year really quick to close out as well. This was a market that was down. It was closed. Corbin Carroll was a huge favorite, so big that the book said, you know what, we're taking this down. We're not taking any more money on it because this guy's just going to win. Well, over the last couple of weeks, we've seen that this probably isn't going to be the case. They've opened back up this market, and it's still Corbin Carroll at a huge favorite, as he should be. He has great numbers on the season. But if you remember in early July, Corbin Carroll left the game for the Diamondbacks. He had a shoulder scare in the first week of July, and he had to leave the game, and he was day-to-day, and he ended up coming back right away. I think he missed one game. But ever since then, 221, 319, 369. He is leading the NL rookies in war still. And this is generally rookie of the year, an award that if you lead in war, you just win. That's just what happens. And that's why you always see position players win and over pitchers like last year when you saw Michael Harris win over Spencer Strider because Harris had more war. He was a position player and he just won. The gap between Corbin Carroll and the second guy in war, Matt McClain of the Reds, is 0.9. Now, With about a month left, a month and a half, that's not a huge gap. That is absolutely surmountable for Matt McClain of the Cincinnati Reds, especially because he's playing really, really well. He just hits homers like every other night. He's in about 300. And if Carroll continues to struggle the way that he has, like I said, since that shoulder injury, quote unquote, we'll call it because he left the game and came back the next day, but 221, 319, 369. 
He's not hitting for power. He's not really getting on base. He's just slapping some singles around. He's not really doing anything. If Matt McClain continues to hit well and the Reds continue to be in this playoff race, even if they don't get in, because the Diamondbacks right now are on the outside looking in as well, this could be something that gets injuries. There's big numbers out there on Matt McClain. There's 10, 11, 12 to ones there. I think it's worth a flyer here because things could get a little crazy as it continues where Corbin Carroll might cough this up and, and that might be something that happens. Now, that's different from, say, NL MVP, which has still been up, where Ronald Acuna Jr. is a huge favorite, as he should be. He's been unbelievable. But Freddie Freeman, people are starting to kind of make a conversation where, well, Freddie Freeman, if he leads the league in hits and he leads the league in doubles and he has a huge OPS, then maybe he should be in this. Yeah, that's true. But Ronald Acuna is going to hit 35 home runs and steal 70 bases. Like That's something that you just don't see in today's game. We haven't seen it in years, if ever. So that's different, whereas... Corbin Carroll is not playing well. He hasn't been playing well for almost two months now. And Matt McClain continues to play really well. So I think that could be worth a flyer there. That's my closing thought for you on this Saturday. Listen, you missed any part of the show, of this show of early odds. Go back, use your Odyssey app, use the rewind feature to go back to listen to my conversation with Ryan Horvat of BetQL, BetMGM tonight. He broke down everything, college football, Heisman, playoff, title. He gave you some win totals, gave you some lines that he likes for week zero. He broke down the NFL for us, talked about the Jets, talked about the Bears and the Packers as well, and he gave some MLB thoughts. And then go back for my breakdown of the Bears, their win total, their player props, everything that we expect from them this upcoming season. And of course, even if you missed this segment, talking about Major League Baseball, talking about the Cubs and what they're going to do as the season gets into the stretch run here. Go back, use your Odyssey app to rewind and listen to that, or find us wherever you get your podcasts and listen there. So once again, this has been Jake Hassan filling in for Joe Ostrowski on Early Odds. Find the show wherever you get your podcasts. Find it on the Odyssey app, and we'll see you next time. Okay, picture this. It's Friday afternoon when a thought hits you. I can spend another weekend doing the same old whatever, or I can hop into my all-new Hyundai Santa Fe and hit the road. With available H-Track all-wheel drive and three-row seating, my whole family can head deep into the wild. Conquer the weekend in the all-new Hyundai Santa Fe. Visit HyundaiUSA.com or call 562-314-4603 for more details. Hyundai, there's joy in every journey. This episode is brought to you by Progressive Insurance. Whether you love true crime or comedy, celebrity interviews or news, you call the shots on what's in your podcast queue. And guess what? Now you can call them on your auto insurance, too, with the Name Your Price tool from Progressive. It works just the way it sounds. You tell Progressive how much you want to pay for car insurance, and they'll show you coverage options that fit your budget. Get your quote today at Progressive.com to join the over 28 million drivers who trust Progressive. Progressive Casualty Insurance Company and Affiliates. Price and coverage match limited by state law. Hey everyone, Boomer Esiason here. The NFL Draft is behind us and your favorite team is now gearing up for week number one. The free Odyssey app puts you right in the middle of the pro football conversation with the biggest sports radio stations from across the country. The local voices who know your team the best, giving you their unfiltered takes on the current state of your squad. It's always football season right here on the free Odyssey app.